The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Featuring personalities as their authentic selves, this is What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. It's an intimate conversation with people inside the kink and fetish worlds, as well as educators, sex-positive personalities, and other amazing people sharing their stories of what makes them who they are. And now, here is our own wonderful human with the questions, John or as he is known around the kink and fetish community. Hi there, Catsuit. Hello there, Nookie. And to our listeners, thank you. We really appreciate you listening to the show. And if I could ask a couple favors of you as we get started, I would greatly appreciate it. First of all, if you listen to the podcast on Apple or Spotify, if you could leave us a rating and review, we would greatly appreciate it. We want to know that we're making an impact on this community, and that's one of the ways you can allow us to know that. Another way is through our convention fundraiser, where we are raising money to make the podcast better, as well as get to go to conventions to do teaching, education, and live interviews that will be broadcast here on the show. You can do that by going to bit.ly slash thanks,catsuit. It would be greatly appreciated. No expectations here, but just appreciation. Now let's get on to today's show. And today we meet an icon within the fetish community. She is a model. She is a dominatrix. And she is amazing. Mistress Damazonia is a Vancouver, British Columbia-based femdom fetishist, alternative lifestyle enthusiast, BDSM educator, fetish model, and performer. She's also an annihilator of the male ego, master penetrator, and demoness with a taste for shiny things and devices. She is a powerful dom and a wonderful human. Mistress Damazonia on what women and other wonderful humans want. They are the questions that establish the story. Five questions about firsts, bringing back the genesis of the character behind the human. It's the first five, and it starts now. First time you ever used English in a kink scene. 
Um, so first time I ever speak English and I start speaking English fluently, I was 20 years old. So it's kind of a little later in life. I'm from a very small town uh, in Quebec and nobody speaks English there. So I kind of made my way to the city of Montreal and I started exploring, um, started working in clubs and such. So English came to me uh, at that moment. So in the King scene is probably in my 20s when I started exploring. First time you ever donned a cat suit and how you felt in it. Hmm. It was probably after a year or two of being a pro dom. Um, it was my first one was a leather catsuit, which is my favorite garment. Uh, and I felt powerful. I felt great. I felt like a superhero and I felt super sexy. And I still have that catsuit till this day. <laughs> first time you ever used the name Damazonia. Uh, that would have been about uh, seven years ago when I started uh, I started uh, pro-doming, yeah. First and time... Go ahead. <laughs> first time you ever set foot in your own dungeon, looking around, how did you feel? So my first dungeon was in a very tiny apartment here in BC, and uh, I built it basically in my living room. Uh, <laughs> it was small, but it was it was great. It was amazing, and the story is actually funny of how I found all the equipment because I was looking for BDSM equipment here in BC, and there's not a lot of makers, and uh, I was looking on on Craigslist and we have a site here called KGG, which is not very used. And I saw this ad for a bunch of different um, different furniture. And, and then a second after the ad was not there. So I'm like, oh, what is happening? And uh, I, I managed to contact the, the person and the person was on the island of Vancouver. And he's like, yeah, I have all this equipment. I don't know what to do with it. It was uh, belonging to my friend that was making making it and he passed away. So now I'm stuck with all of this and I'm not really sure what, what it is. And I'm like, okay, uh, just wait for me. I'm coming. So I rented the truck and I just drove there with a friend and I basically bought everything. So I, I brought it back. It was barely fitting in my tiny apartment. I'm like, oh, I don't need a kitchen table. <laughs> Forget it. All my apartment was basically a dungeon. So it was uh, it was exciting, definitely. <laughs> First time you ever intimidated a man or a boy? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I don't even remember. <laughs> uh, I, you, even when I was a teenager, I was intimidating boys. So it's a long time ago. What did um, it feel like? Well, so at a point, I evolved a lot in my womanhood and in, in, um, in my persona, but my personal life as well. Um, coming from a small town, being tall and being intimidating is not always uh, praised and it's not always, um, you know, encouraged. Uh, men, as you know, and boys are very... Um, 
they're very easily intimidated and they don't like when women take a lot of place. So I was teased, but I was also, I, you know, I, I had a lot of attention. So my feeling towards that was a little confusing as well, because I was like, oh, this is exciting. I like it. I like being strong. I like intimidating, but also like, I see that guys don't like it necessarily. So uh, yeah, it was, I was torn, let's say. First time anyone ever told you that you changed their life for the better through what you do? Um, so <laughs> funny you say that because I, I just heard it again last night. <laughs> uh, I, and I was telling, uh, I was telling another Dom that I'm, uh, I'm currently training, uh, about that, um, because she felt like uh she felt a little um she felt a little weird about hurting people and i told her that we are actually helping people right and there's a lot of submissive men and bottoms that that needs that cathartic uh session that that dynamic and um i'm going on a tangent here but <laughs> It's uh, the first time that I heard it was probably in my first years of doming. Uh, I understood very quickly that it was, uh, we, we were doing good things, even in torture and humiliation. <laughs> when we come back on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want with Mistress Damazonia, we're going to talk a little bit about that cathartic feeling when we come back. We do this show without paid advertisers and provide it to you as a labor of love. If you want to help the show, as well as contribute to Catsuit's conference fund to get live interviews and teach some amazing classes, you can give at bit.ly slash thanks, Catsuit. Now let's hear from some of Catsuit's friends with some messages for you. Are you curious about kink but don't know where to begin? <laughs> or maybe you have a friend who, while they appreciate your interest in BDSM, they don't really understand what it's all about. You should check out Kink for the Curious. It's a fun little activity book with color pages and word finds, lots of silly puns, <laughs> uh, but lots of solid, BDSM and kink information written by somebody who's been in the business for almost 30 years. Kink for the Curious, a BDSM activity book for beginners written by Princess Natasha Strange, that's me, <laughs> is available on Amazon. Go get it now. Welcome to the Yoniverse. I'm Scarlett. And I'm Anya. The Flaming Yoni podcast is a celebration of the beautiful and unique expressions of female sexuality. From asexual to megasexual, from lifelong monogamy to relationship anarchy, from deep spiritual bonds of sacred union to spur of the moment flames. It is all infused with Yoni energy. Search for the Flaming Yoni on your favorite podcast platform. You will not leave the same as when you came. 
Hi, this is Venus, and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others? Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. The Heart of the Dominatrix. Portraits and Interviews of Exceptional Mistresses. This book is about female domination. This book is about dark corners, both physically and psychologically. This book is for you, whether you're a beginner or have decades of experience with BDSM. If you're eager to learn more about power exchange dynamics or are simply interested in relationships and the aesthetics of this world, this book will change your perspectives. Be warned. Visit heartofthedominatrix.com to order your copy today. We invite you to connect with us on social media so you can follow all the great news about the show. You can find us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, and on FetLife at WWWPodcast. And if you want to follow the host, that's easy, as on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife, he is Hi There Catsuit. And now back to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. Thank you, Rookie, and welcome back to the program. Honored to be joined from the beautiful Pacific Northwest by Mistress Damazonia. Vancouver in Canada. Mm-hmm. How yeah. kink-friendly is it? How friendly it is? How kink-friendly is oh. it? We actually have a wonderful kink community here. Uh, when I first moved here, I was surprised because Vancouver is it's not really a city it's more of a big village um there's a fair amount of people but people are pretty tame because i'm from montreal right montreal is a much lively city uh culture wise people are alive there's always events the music scene is amazing the 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 restaurant food the food scene is amazing like people love having fun um I think people back east are more epicureans. Uh, people on the west are a little more chill. So when I when I first moved here, I was not expecting a scene as interesting and fun. But the scene here is amazing. We have events almost every month. Um, we have also the the Vancouver Fetish Weekend, which is amazing. There's people coming from all over the place, and it's super well organized. And uh, people love getting kinky here. So. I'm blessed. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in Vancouver when I lived in Seattle. And the thing that I noticed is it's very much, you mentioned like it's it's a village. It's very much made of wonderful little pockets of people who are all curious about each other. Yeah, I agree. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty friendly and people are very um, open-minded um there are there are divisions like any 
any other uh, village or city, but uh, mainly I only have good experience in the Finnish scene. People are super, uh, super welcoming and uh, there's no judgment whatsoever. So that's the most important. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you were talking before the break about helping train a young Dom about the impact and the catharsis that comes from giving pain and the catharsis that comes from feeling it. Mm -hmm. Describe to me, because I know what the catharsis is from feeling it, describe to me what it's like giving it. So let's say it's a very, it's a very uh, multi-sensory experience. Um, I'm very tuned with energy and uh, I can feel it in people. I can see it. I, I see, I see the, the body changing, the expression. I understand that the submissive mind often crave it, crave the not only the dynamic, but also crave that intensity of, of feelings. And pain has a wonderful power of, of giving that, of, of making you, making people feel alive. And um, from a dominant point of view, it's amazing to be able to give that to people because yes, I was mentioning that um, I was, I was telling that young Dom about that um, that good that we do because we can't judge people um, wanting some pain and wanting to be in uh, humiliating positions because you don't know the good that it makes them feel, right? Because some people comes from trauma. Some people are very troubled. Some people have crazy busy lives and they want that to escape. So. Even if, even if for you, it seems crazy to give and flick that amount of pain, I see that it does wonderful things for the, for the submissives and the bottoms. It's, there's no doubt about that. I even tried to convince my mom too, and she won't believe me till this day. <laughs> <laughs> How does that energy fill your soul? How does it come in and just create wonderful things within you um so for me it brings it brings balance um when i started doming um i have to admit that it came from not necessarily um a good place because i had a lot of anger towards patriarchy uh towards men being abused towards women um I had a lot of resentment towards inequalities. So for me, being a dom and being able to be in a pause in a, in a position of power, being female towards towards men was very empowering, and it was it was to bring balance back into society on a little scale. But still, that for me that was. That was what was giving me life for me. The foundation of femdom, of doming, is female empowerment. So it does fill my soul when I'm with uh, when, when I'm with my submissives, when I'm with my clients. But it's also being able to be 
uh, an inspiration or a, a role model or just, you know, to be there as a, an empowering figure for other women. That's, that's what filled my soul the most. We talk so much in the vanilla world about kinky sex. And I know that in the professional dominatrix world, it's not about sex. But why do you believe so many people think it is? Well, I always say the female domination is still sex work. Um, I'm not the kind of person that's going to ignore that because we we play with sexuality. We are in touch with people that are sexually aroused. Uh, we play with fetishists. Um, mm -hmm. So obviously it is linked to sexuality. I am not denying that. Um, for me personally, it's it's not sexually it's not sexually um, arousing like like intercourse would be. It's very much in my head. It's very much psychological. Uh, so psychological stimulation is something that really excites me. It gives me adrenaline. It's like, it's sexy to me, but it's, um, it's not sexual like some other people would think. Um, so I can understand that some people, for some people, it is sexual because obviously, like, look at us. <laughs> I mean, we are hot while we don't <laughs> And we wear hot clothes and everything is sexy and all the kinks are sexy. And like, you can't deny that. Obviously, someone will be excited. I mean, <laughs> but but the, the beautiful thing in that is that we have the control. We have the power to decide if it's sexual for them or not. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, we know it is sexual, but uh that's where the power of denial comes in you know and that's where it's such a huge uh thing in in the dominant submissive dynamics i mean we control their sexuality like it's pretty powerful i think a lot of people listening to the podcast probably think i am anti-sex and i am not <laughs> let me get that very straight right here because I talk so much about the stuff outside of it. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, no, I know. Some people would think that I am also anti-sex or like I hate men and I do not. I just I just had sex right now. <laughs> I, <lost. laughs> uh, I think but... that might be the first time in the history of this show that we've heard that. <laughs> Yeah, freshly cut. <laughs> wow. Uh, Talk about what it's like to feel a very strong connection with a sub. What is the thing that precedes that? What sets the table for you being able to have a great connection and therefore what I would assume would be a great scene? Mm hmm so for me, it's seeing a vulnerability. Oh, I didn't say that right. Vulnerability, someone that was vulnerable in front of me is something that also gives me life and makes me connect with my, with my submissive. Someone who really genuinely give himself to me. Um, 
because a lot of people will say that you know they're gonna obey they're gonna do anything that that you ask but you don't feel it every time right some people you really feel it you feel it genuinely it comes from the soul they really want to please you they really want to give themselves to you they would do anything that you ask and that for me is 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 so beautiful to see and to feel and um yeah it's it's mu it's mutual and it's exciting and uh, both partners enjoy their role and the dynamic, and that's that's what uh, that that's what makes me uh, the most um, happy in the scene. You talked about working with a younger dom. What were you like as a younger dom? What were the things that you enjoyed doing, and how have you grown into who you are now? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, so I like I mentioned I evolved a lot in um in my doming experience uh, obviously when I started um I was uh, I was more angry <laughs> and uh I didn't also I didn't have a mentor so when I started I really decided to give myself uh entirely to um to doming right so I went to all the events possible, all the BDSM kink events. Um, I went to so many workshops. I watched so many dumb videos online. I, I, I read about it. I, I tried to educate myself the most possible to, to find who I was and what, how, how to do things, obviously, to, to, to be good at what I'm doing. And I also remember, um, I remember being in a workshop by uh, Midori. It was about the archetypes, uh, the doming archetypes, and that really, that really changed my perspective on who I was as a dom because I realized what archetypes I was because I, I didn't really put a name on them uh, before. And I enjoyed inflicting pain. Yes, I enjoyed the psychological aspect of of doming. Um, I enjoyed a lot uh, knowing people's darkest fantasies, and till till this day, that's what that's what I like the most. I like when people open up to me. I like when people like feel comfortable around me, telling me their weirdest secrets. Um, so since the beginning, I was always interested in in everything that is unusual, and that's why I was so fascinated by BDSM. I would say that today I'm a little bit more laid back. Um, I like I like to play with experienced advanced players more. Uh, when I started doming, I was a little bit less, um, you know, um, comfortable in my experience. So I was just doing light stuff. Uh, I was not even doing blood play when I started, and then now I'm like, oh, that's. Uh, <laughs> it as much as possible <laughs> so this there's actually a quote that i really like to say a lot is a mind that is stretched to new experiences can never go back to its old dimension and that stick with me because i see it happening and that's why people always push further right they always like want to go in the more taboo experiences and i see it in myself too i always want to be stimulated by more and that's why that's why we get kinkier and kinkier. 
I was literally going to bring that quote to mind because <laughs> I was reading your being Damazonia. You are basing your character a lot, basically, from the Amazon and the power of that place. Mm-hmm. Where did your power come from? So my power comes definitely from the divine feminine in me. Um, that's something that I I go I go um, I go inside a lot to to find that power because. I was I was very much more in touch with my masculine side size um, when I was younger, because uh, because of patriarchy, I would say that I associated femininity with weakness because that's a little bit like what society kind of teach us, right? Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of deconditioning to do uh, when I was a teenager, when I was a uh, in my twenties because I discovered that femininity is so powerful it's even more powerful (laughs) so for me to discover that divine feminine energy within me was really what gives me the strength and the power so that's why I associated with the Amazon because Amazons were like a strong tribes of women like fighting just for women and it's for me, it's like the ultimate archetype of power, of power, of feminine power. Yeah. If you, if you ever go on Damazonia's website, you will see an amazing picture just to simply open your experience that really shows off that amazing Amazonian type character. It's absolutely beautiful. I love your uh, every aspect of your website. It's amazing. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, more with Mistress Damazonia when we return. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Recently, we put together a brand new book called Hearts and Collars, reflecting 20 years in a power exchange relationship. It's 350 pages of what we've been living for the past 20 years. Indeed, and it's got chapters like communication, power exchange and spirituality, how to be a leader, high protocol, becoming a follower, rituals, the new porch time, victim, survivor and thriver, power exchange and polyamory, submissive versus wife, the practical contract guide, relationship shorthand, as well as other tools and experiences we've had over the years. Check it out at eroticawakening.com slash hearts and collars. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. Have you ever dreamed of a house that is kink-friendly in every room? Have you ever wanted a getaway where your every desire is contained within steps? In Cincinnati, Ohio, the Wanton Sinners B&B is now open. Two kink-equipped bedrooms, a fully-equipped basement dungeon, and a living room with cages and restraint points throughout and you can leave your toy bag at home because every space comes with plenty of toys and restraints. Visit Wanton Sinners on FET and follow the links to the Airbnb and Verbo listings. The Wanton Sinners B&B in Cincinnati, where your dreams have a home.
This is Alicia Zadig, author of the new book, Yes, Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book, Yes, Mistress, takes you on a provocative, eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think and more rewarding than you can ever imagine. Yes, Mistress, now available on Kindle, and you can order your copy at yesmistress.com. Hi there, I'm Nookie. My pronouns are she, hers, and I'm the founder of Dating Kinky, a different kind of dating and educational site for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla and it's free. Catch me in my own podcast, Dating Kinky. And now back to John and their guest on what women and other wonderful humans want. Thank you, Nookie, and welcome back. We are honored to be joined by Mistress Damazonia on this edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. One of our favorite people on this program, and we've had them on twice, is Master Trinity, the Matrix Dominatrix. You had an opportunity to meet up with them and have some amazing experiences. When two like-minded people like that get together, what are the explosive tendencies that happen to go with that? I mean, you can tell when someone is authentic, you know, real, recognized, real. So I have the chance of meeting such amazing people in the scene because uh, just like Master Trinity, like they are authentic to their real self and kinky. And, you know, this everything about them is radiating kinkiness and authenticity and they're just so amazing to work with as well um when i see them when i saw them i just wanted to kiss them (laughs) (laughs) and they they know i have a a huge crush on them so i'll just admit that right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're amazing Mm-hmm. When you get together with another Dom, mm-hmm. the energy that goes between you, and as you have told me off the microphone, you like to take things as they come. You're not much of a planner. But when you are playing with another Dom, how does that connection go? How do you all figure out what the next step, the next logical step is? Mm. so yeah I go with the flow a lot I'm a I'm an air sign so I I, I'm not too much of a planner everything is last minute most of the time uh but I prefer that because I'm a very spontaneous and I'm very true to my feelings and um so when I'm in a scene for example I'm going to have some ideas first, ideas that we share together that we want to do or, or or boundaries or limits are all um, communicated, obviously. And then uh, 
whatever we feel like doing. Um, I have I have the I have the chance of being uh, creative. So when I meet with another dom and some subs, I always have ideas. Um, there's always something that's gonna pop in my mind. I'm gonna want to do on the moment, uh, feeling the energies, feeling the vibe. Uh, so that's what happened when the, when we were together in Florida. Uh, the scene was not planned at all, and they had uh, brought two uh, rubber slaves uh, with them, and uh, and we created an amazing scene together. And it was really last minute, uh, you know, uh, planning, and it was amazing. We always figure it out. When you have gone into a scene and just going with the flow, has there ever been a time where something happened that was so surprising to you by its reaction that it caught you off guard? Mm. Um, yeah, we were mentioning about uh, people being vulnerable uh, a little earlier. Remember um, playing with a sob and you just, you just start crying, but it was not crying from pain or it was crying from relief. And I was, I was not expecting that at all. And uh, it was beautiful to see too. And I switched because I was in, in my character and I was in a strict uh, domination mode and just seeing that I just I couldn't help but being empathic you know so give give him a hug and make sure everything was okay uh, but yes it definitely surprised me because it was my first time to see someone breaking down in tears like that you mentioned character how much of Damazonia is in you and how much of the vanilla you or the you that is not Damazonia in that character? <laughs> I would say, honestly, it's pretty 50-50. Because um, there's overlapping, definitely. Um, in real life, my vanilla life, I'm I'm pretty polite. I don't know if it's because I'm Canadian, but I, you know, I say please and thank you a lot. Uh, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, a pretty cool person, I think, down to earth and and um grounded. Uh, so when I'm in character, I have to um put that aside. That's one of the big thing. Uh, just this weekend, I was uh, I was having a, a sub serving me for the first time, and that was his feedback after the weekend uh, that I was saying a please and thank you too much, <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> okay, then I'm not gonna say it anymore. Uh, yeah, it was interesting, but uh, I'm pretty authentic also in my vanilla life. Uh, I don't I don't hide what I do, so everyone around me knows I'm a dominatrix. Um, I like dressing up a lot, so my my fetish fashion comes also in my vanilla life a lot. So it's really it's who I am, and I own it hundred uh, percent. Let's talk about fetish fashion a little bit. The pictures that you sent me that we're sharing on our social media are simply amazing. 
what does it feel like when you're inside, whether it be a leather cat suit or a latex cat suit or just the perfect dress? What kind of power do you feel radiating from that? But that's, that's, you just said it. That's what it is. It's power. That's, it's feeling powerful, um, feeling sexy, feeling that, again, that feminine energy going strong and um, owning who you are, you know, and um, me being tall was a big factor also in being empowered. Um, again, because I was taller than everybody else when I was uh, growing up. So being a, a woman, a girl, uh, taller than all the boys, you get teased, you know. And because my family was all tall, I was never uh, ashamed of that, but it was annoying, you know. People were teasing me that I was, I was uh, a boy or like, you know, things like that, you know how kids are. So for me, instead of being repressed by that I found stress in this and I was like fuck this okay I'm tall there's nothing I can do about it I'm gonna be proud to be tall and also I always had a fascination with heels and the highest possible I hate short heels it's like <laughs> that's the worst and that's what people were telling me why are you wearing heels you don't need to wear heels you're tall enough I'm like I don't give a shit I want to tell I want to wear heels and I want six inches and up that's what I want so that's part of my power too. Um, you know, power comes in every sizes. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, but for me, that's what was empowering because it was owning who I am uh, with my size and using it um, within uh, within my 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 power. Yeah. I so, haven't uh, asked you how tall you are. Yeah, six one. Six one. Mm. yeah so yeah i love the tall heels i love the fashion oh my gosh I'm just there's never enough there's always new <laughs> new items to buy and uh I, yeah i want it all <laughs> the outfits that you have that cover you totally that yeah. show absolutely nothing is mm -hmm. that sexier than showing a lot of everything? Um, I would say it's sex sexier. Uh, it really depends on your mood. Uh, for me, sometimes I feel like full coverage. Sometimes I feel like exposing more. Um, both are equally sexy for me. I just love the mystery that comes with cat suits, obviously. <laughs> and that's one of the things that I think is beautiful. It is gorgeous, <laughs> but a woman's body is also, you know, gorgeous as well. So I'm torn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell our audience that we use video to be able to talk to each other. And the Damazonia that is in the pictures is just as beautiful as the Damazonia that I'm seeing right now. And sweatpants. <laughs> in, in sweat as natalia sedici said sweats and hats are optional <laughs> but that's the beautiful thing is you can be comfortable in who you are and mm -hmm. still be able to have that beauty flow out of you yeah is that confidence or is that just the ability 
to take what you have and use it to its best ability? Uh, confidence is definitely the, the base of, of feeling beautiful and be beautiful. Uh, I think beauty is in the aura. So what the, the energy that you expose to others is what your beauty is. Um, st standards of beauty always change and honestly they're bullshit. It's, I don't believe in standards of beauty because everyone can be beautiful in their own way mm -hmm. as long as they are confident. And uh, I'm never going to say that enough. Um, I mentioned tall girls being um, not being comfortable with their height often and I see it all the time like they are like they walk a little bit um, hunched down and every time I see that I go to them and I just tell them that they should be proud and just like walk straight girl you know just own who you are be confident be, be beautiful like it's it's really important so I want to get back to talking about the patriarchy and talking about the idea of of men and the reason i want to do this is i want to ask you when you find a genuine man when you find a genuine human what is the feeling that goes through you when you talk about the fact that you've had to fight through so many things to 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 feel as though, and I'm totally losing my my sense of of conversation here, and I'm sorry, Damazoni. It's, uh, it's it's just been a week. Uh, I'll just and we have a snowstorm rolling in today, so uh, it's like oh boy. So I think my head's a little snowy. Um, let me rephrase it this way. You talked about the patriarchy and about the fact that you felt like you've had to fight for a lot. But what's it like when you meet an authentic human that actually you don't have to fight against? Um, I would say that I used to fight a lot um, for my place, for my recognition, for um, my rights, and like for just for just men to for men to to see that women are strong and women are can be powerful and um i would say that for now i choose my fight very wisely i'm not so much a fighter anymore um because i understood that most of the fights are not worth the energy that you put into them um and I think as as you grow older, you surround yourself with the kind of people you want around you. So um, I'm lucky enough to have a lot of amazing people around me that are authentic and genuine, and I don't have to fight. Because when I when I go out, which is not very often, I don't go out in clubs so much anymore. But when I do, there's always people sometimes that just looking for, you know, for trouble, and they're like they're looking to fight basically, or they, they're looking to like pick up a fight with me. And I just don't give them the energy. It's really not worth it. Um, the fight against patriarchy, however, I don't think it's over yet. It's something that is ongoing. 
and I think fandom is um is a big part of for that. Like it's a, it plays a big part against it because it's rising that feminine energy that 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 powerful energy and and woman and I, I just I use the uh, uh, gynocentric terms just because for me femdom is like the powerful feminine but um yeah so patriarchy it's it's not over we're still gonna have to fight and uh, I do it I do it remotely I'm not doing it so much uh, face to face anymore but uh, I think uh, the more that I empower other women, the more that um, it's going to help fighting the patriarchy. And that's why I started teaching, because I want to empower women to to be more confident, to be more strong and to break that 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 patriarchy, that society. Um, um, I can't say, um, yeah, the, the patriarchy in our society that is toxic. What can men do to make it better? Uh, so many things. <laughs> let people, let women have more take space. Um, stop, stop demanding of women to be to be quiet and to be good girls and to be people pleaser and to be modest and to be selfless. You know, you have to to lift up women. Like selflessness is is bullshit. We don't need more selfless women. We need women that are detoxed from the world's expectation, and they are nothing but full of themselves. That's what we need, and the, we need the we need the the space to to be that, to do that. And modesty is the same thing. Modesty is a lie, um, and that's something I talk about often too, because. We don't have time for modesty. Like we have to own who we are. Like humility is good because humility means from the heart. To be humble is to be grounded and to know who you are. And if you're powerful and if you're intelligent and if you you think you're amazing, go and fucking own it. And man needs to be there to uplift other women that are also owning themselves like that. I genuinely hope that through this particular podcast and through my words and actions that people will understand that to me, the patriarchy is something that is something men should be ashamed about. The fact is women bring so much into our lives by their ability to think in a totally 360 degree way rather than just tunnel vision, which many men have. Yeah. I think it is up to us to raise daughters to know that they have no limits in what they can do. And throughout my career, I have tended to hire women into creative positions because they're able to think in a way that I may not be able to, or a, and I'll even put it in a white male way where we are not always the smartest in the room. And I've always understood that. And so I, I know I'm going on a little bit on the soapbox here, but 
men do need to do better. Men do need to understand that women have such a beautiful place in this world, and it has nothing to do with looks. It has everything to do with what's in their heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, this problem with patriarchy um, and why women are so angry, I think it's because we had enough, you know. And yes, there are there is toxic masculinity, and uh, it comes in the in the subjects a lot uh, these days. Um, and but there's beauty in masculinity too, you know. And like I was mentioning, I don't hate men. Uh, I think men can be wonderful. Men are there to 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 protect and to to be strong. And um, but not only that, men are men, you know. You do you, men needs to be authentic as well. But because patriarchy conditioned men to push women down, that is the problem. That's where the toxicity comes from. So we have to we have to work on the toxicity. And femininity also have its toxicity as well. You know, I um I, I say it and I have, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it. There's women that also have toxic traits. Every, every people, every gender, every um, societies have toxic traits. You just need to be better as, as a society. Needs, men needs to be better. Everyone needs to be better. But to be honest, women are already ahead. <laughs> well, I always try to lead with kindness and think that everybody can do much better in that particular regard. And in meeting you, I see just an amazing, it's not even an amazing woman. I see an amazing human who has grown, is driven, has a wonderful spirit and gives through your femdom and just your your personality, the ability for people to feel genuine. And sometimes, I'm not going to say you have to beat it out of them, but sometimes that impact and that domination is what people need to realize the inside, like that story you told about that guy crying. Mm -hmm. you have to be genuine and in any in any scene as a submissive the genuine will win out and the the authenticity and the vulnerability means so much mm -hmm. don't ever look at a pro dom as somebody who is there to do what you want they are somebody who is there to guide you into what you need. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. And that's a misconception with with pro doms with dominatrix in general. We're not there to serve. And like obviously it <laughs> sounds like an oxymoron, but like we it's true. We we are there to provide a service. However, the service is domination. So men needs to understand that. So men needs to be un, uh, understanding that. However, there's a lot of people that will contact the dominatrix and they're gonna pass themselves as submissive, but 
lot of them are just bottoms with a dominant fetish, right? So they have that idea that that stereotype of a dominatrix that they have in their head, and that's what they want you to be. And this is not realistic. And um, yeah, like you were saying, we we are humans too. Like I have my my life on my own. Like I, I don't have the energy twenty four seven to be to be Amazonia. You know, I I value a lot balance, and balance is the key to a sane life. And if I if I don't have that balance in my life, I cannot perform as as Amazonia, and I cannot perform as my vanilla self. What are your immediate goals of what you want to do to grow yourself now mm. that you're established? So, yeah, I was um, mentioning earlier um, um, that I have a crazy month because I, um, I saw, I'm starting a bunch of different projects. Um, I started my, my mentoring uh, program. So it's a it's an eight week program. I'm uh, teaching uh, I'm teaching women how to become uh, professional dominatrix. So I put a lot of my time and my heart into that program, um, and it's something that is very new for me to teach, and it's also putting myself outside my comfort zone because I am not a public speaker. So. I can do I can do domination with my eyes slow, closed, but teaching it in front of a little group was uh, was a little challenging for me. But um, it's it's good. I'm getting more um, comfortable, and uh, just to see the feedbacks is really giving me um, giving me life. So that's that's part of my my immediate pro progress. I want to do it again. I have a lot of inquiries. Um, my program is very uh, detailed as well. I go, I go from from female empowerment, the the core of femdom, to you know med uh, medical play. Like I do, I cover everything. So that's really exciting. And I'm also uh, starting my my brand, my uh, custom leather brand, with uh, some partners. Uh, so one of my my second passion is motorcycling. So I'm a rider since I'm I'm 20 years old. So it's been uh, it's been 15 years now, 16 years, um, and uh, I love the the motorcycle community and the motorcycle community and the Finnish community has leather in common. That's something that overlaps, right? And because I'm a leather fetishist as well, um, I'm really excited to start that. Uh, I'm starting with the motorcycle clothing. First, because um, I have, um, I I just have the design already and everything, and there's always there's some there's it's lacking in the community as well. There's not a lot of uh, female rider clothing, so I'm gonna focus on that, and I'm gonna do a tank line as well. So that's really exciting. I can't wait to see what you come up with because I'm sure that it is just going to be amazing. Oh, thank you. What is the best way people can connect with you if they want to learn about your domination training or they want to learn about your teaching or anything about you? Uh, so 
Instagram hates me like a lot of other sex workers, right? So my account is down again for the third time this month. Uh, um, yeah, so it's just exhausting to always uh, fight to have it back or to start a new one. So I, I want uh, I want guide people towards my Instagram because it's so flimsy. Uh, Twitter seems to be good. Um, so on my Twitter, I always uh, announce uh, my project and what's going on and everything. So I think that's the that's the best way to um to have a look at my work and my projects. I'm also on Facebook. So there's a lot of fake account of me out there. So my only Facebook is Mistress Damazonia. Um. I think I'm not I'm not even sure how many followers I have there so I can't even say uh I'm I'm the one who has the most I guess mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm going for the little accounts that's gonna ask you for money because I will never reach out to anyone online to ask them money so I'm saying that because people get uh, get scammed all the time every day I have people messaging me and emailing me oh is it you like oh we popped on hangout and I don't, it's not me. It's never me, you guys. It's really frustrating to to hear that because I hate that people are getting scammed. And I hate that those scammers are making money. Jeez, like, they are making hundreds of dollars just impersonating us, right? It's really aggravating. But uh, yeah, so my Twitter is uh, Damazonia underscore. That's also my only Twitter. And... um. And yeah, so my my coming brand is Cleaver Culture, and uh, the my King collection will be called Carnal. First time I say it. Wow. Out loud. Yes, grand première. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got some French. <laughs> eh oui, on peut parler français si tu veux. <laughs> un très peu, un très peu. <laughs> Possiamo parlare italiano pure? None. <laughs> Ciao. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, I need to do my, more videos in French and Italian because I have some requests and I, I can totally do it. So that's my that's my upcoming pro project. The next videos, guys, they're all going to be in French and Italian. I'm telling you, I'm taking a break from English. That would actually be beautiful because I could only imagine what it would be like to be dominated in French. Right? It's really like it's really weird for me though because it just doesn't come as natural as English. I, like I even even though French is my first language, I have it's easier for me to dom in English and even Italian than French. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's because French is just so, so smooth and, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's quite sensual, too. Yeah, well, I'm from Quebec, so we, we have, like, a lot of slang, too. <laughs> yeah, that's what I should do. I should dom in Québécois. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention your beautiful website again, mistressdamazonia.com. It mm. is a sight to behold. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I am. Yeah, I, 
Oh, I will have also another site uh, coming up. Um, I wanted to mention that too, uh, because I'm switching my dungeon to from private to public. Uh, my dungeon's name is uh, the Succubus Temple. So I'm having a website build up right now with, uh, you know, with all the photos. So people will be able to travel and rent it. I have a full bedroom as well. Uh, kitchen, bathroom, everything, walking shower. <laughs> For all the water sports <laughs> uh, yeah so uh, that's also another project that i'm starting because i've been renovating my place make it suitable for for people to rent out so that's also going to be available soon stay tuned we definitely will have to catch up down the road to hear how all these things are going i can't wait to to see the motorcycle and, and kink line. I mean, that's going to be amazing just because seeing the style that you love, I can only imagine what the style you create would be like. It's going to be badass. You know it. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time and being with us today. I greatly appreciate it. You are an absolutely wonderful human and I'm glad we got to meet at least virtually. For sure. <laughs> Thank you, John. It was a pleasure. It was so great to talk to Mistress Damazonia and really get to know a lot about her. But her thoughts on the patriarchy are extremely powerful. I was glad to be able to provide a platform for her thoughts because I agree with so many of them. Here's what's coming up on the next edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Presented by Dating Kinky. It's the groundbreaking author of Different Loving and Different Loving 2. She brought BDSM into the mainstream with a best-selling book. Her name, Dr. Gloria Brain, and she's our guest next time. A new edition of the show premieres next Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you to Mr. Stamazonia for being our guest, and thank you for being our listeners. I'm John, always known as Hi There Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time, and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. Join us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1, on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast, for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast. And now, select shows are available in video format at youtube.com slash datingkinky. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free.